This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have an update on the value of sales of last week's Canada Farm Show in Regina. Sales and investments surpassed $176 million. We have the latest Sask Wheat Outlook. Crops in the southeast received more rain overnight and now need some hot, dry weather. We have an update also on the Food Grains Bank. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Canada's farm show last week in Regina realized over $176 million in international investment and sales. The Vice President of Agriculture for Regina Exhibition Association, Kirk Westgard, says the three-day show had $76 million in international sales and $100 million in the agri-value chain. Jim, I, all I can say is that in overall sales, the Canada's Farm Show was a huge success. I think we saw a lot of international buyers come in, you know, with what's going on in the world and coming off COVID. Uh, we are really happy with uh, the international group that came in. Tell me how big numbers wise, how big was the number? For the international sales, we saw $74 million, sorry, $76 million in uh, international sales. And these are the buyers that actually let us know about the purchases they made at uh, Canada's Farm Show. We know there's more purchases to come. And over the next couple of months, we'll see that number continue to increase as long as with one of the international buyers came in and uh, talked about doing an investment here in Canada for $100 million. So, you know, seeing that type of money added to Saskatchewan agri-value food chain production is a, a really positive step. What was attendance? Attendance was on par for 2019. So what we saw is that moving indoors, all exhibitors were very happy not having to fight the, the wind and the rain and the extreme heat that Saskatchewan can sometimes have. So everyone was happy, right on par with where we were three years ago. So we couldn't be more excited to see what uh, next year brings. That's usually where about 30,000 people come to the three-day show? It was a little under that, but yeah, it was uh, what we were expecting. We're very happy with attendance. And more importantly, our exhibitors were happy with what uh, they saw coming through the doors and stopping at their booth. You had 300 international delegates from 50 countries. What are you hoping for next year? Uh, we'd like to see the delegates go up. Of course, you know, this is mostly um, looked at through what's going on in the global markets coming off COVID and, and the war between Russia and Ukraine or the invasion of Ukraine. We saw our international delegates go down. We would like to see that go back up to where they were previously, and we have no doubt that it will. What are your thoughts for overall the show itself it was changed around it was all indoors your your thoughts there 
Jim, I, I think it was a huge success. And this isn't just for me. There's a lot of exhibitors we talked to thought it was a fantastic show. They like being indoors. They like not having to battle the weather. And more importantly, the people that came and stopped at their booths, were, they were happy with, and they were very excited and uh, ready for next year already. So you see there was a lot of sales overall at the show? That, that's what we're, we've been told. All the exhibitors were very happy with what's going on, and I don't have any more information on that. I understand it's $76 million in international sales. That's pretty interesting and fascinating. $100 million investment in the agri-value chain. Yeah, th those two numbers are fantastic. To see what's going on, to come out to, to Canada's farm show and see those type of numbers, I think it just goes to prove that everyone likes to be face-to-face, -face, everyone likes the new format, and we're just going to build on it and make it better going forward. Anything else to add, Kurt? Have I missed anything? No, no, we were excited for the city, for the province, and Canada's farm show. You know, all, all in all, it was just a, a great, fantastic uh, show last week. Kirk Westgard is the Vice President of Agriculture for Real. That's Regina Exhibition Association Limited. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The latest Sask Wheat Outlook says world wheat prices are under pressure from several factors. The outlook, compiled by Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting, says improving crop conditions in Canada, progress in the U.S. harvest, and reduced demand are pressuring prices. In terms of cash markets last week, there finally was some trade we can report on. Specifically, Algeria bought 600 to 650,000 tons of August shipment wheat at around US dollars 4.45 per ton. Tunisia bought 100,000 tons for July through August shipment, though there were no pricing details available. Pakistan will come back to the market on July 1st for an estimated 500,000 tons of wheat for August to first half sept shipment. Jordan passed on the wheat tender. And Bangladesh is now trying to get a government-to-government -government deal going with Russia because India, which is normally the largest supplier, is no longer interested in selling wheat. And over the weekend, Sago, this is the Saudi grain organization, bought 495,000 tons of wheat. But while the recent tenders to Algeria, Tunisia and Egypt and the upcoming Bangladesh and Pakistan tenders were all for, August, uh, for July-August execution, Sago bought for November through January. Prices were about $40 below what Egypt paid four weeks ago. To continue, here's some of last week's major news by Wheat Origin, and per usual starting with Canada. Well, the Canadian crop is planted and recent rains are helping in Saskatchewan and Alberta. We did lose a few acres of wheat in Manitoba due to wetness. In the US, 98% of US spring wheat has been planted. The spring wheat condition in the U.S. rose by 5% from last week to 59% good to excellent. The Stats Canada seeded area report will be out on July 5th. 
We wonder if the stat scan number will reflect acres that were switched due to late seeding, as farmers were supposed to have completed the survey by May 27th. In terms of a recommendation, we would consider selling some Minneapolis these wheat. Moving on to Durham in Canada and in the US, acres are up significantly, so yields will be very important to discern how well supplied this crop will be. The Durham crop in Alberta is rated 61% good to excellent, that's unchanged from last week, and it compares to 77% good to excellent this time last year. The ratings fell sharply in August last year. There were no condition ratings reported for the Saskatchewan wheat crop yet. Higher seeded area and better yields will increase the supply of Durham and pressure prices. That said, carry-in is negligible and under most scenarios the balance sheet does not look burdensome unless yields are quite good. Note that new crop bits were lower last week on improved conditions. We are 50% sold new crop and we have definitely made sales for fall delivery. Moving on to the US. As mentioned, wheat futures plummeted on a combination of risk-off selling, a rapidly progressing U.S. harvest, and improved conditions in Canada, and also about questions about demand uh, for the coming year. The U.S. winter wheat harvest is moving rapidly under the dry and hot conditions. One quarter of the crop has been har harvested as of June 19th. Crop conditions lost another point to 30% good to excellent. U.S. weekly sales were above expectations at 478,000 tons for new crop and total sales commi uh, com uh, com commitments for 22-23 are now at 5.2 million tons. Boris says talks continue in efforts to reopen wheat exports from Ukraine following the Russian invasion. Well, there's still discussions about an export corridor at meetings in Russia and Turkey with projections of probably unfeasible amounts of grains to be shipped from Odessa. They're talking about 30 to 35 million tons over the next six to eight months. That would imply that Odessa alone ships 5 million tons per month when pre-war shipments for all of the Ukraine were around 6 million tons. We note in this context that Ukraine has exported just 78,000 tons so far in June, and that is all done by rail. The Russia-Ukraine war rages on, with weekend strikes on Kiev again, ahead of the G7 summit. This war looks more and more like a long, drawn-out conflict. Marlena Borsch compiles the weekly outlook for the Sasquatch web. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by the Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food, Marie-Claude Bebeau. Ms. Bebeau, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's my pleasure to be with you. Big announcement uh, in terms of support related to agriculture and Ukraine. $52 million. Uh, can you provide a breakdown here of what, uh, how Canada is contributing? 
Yes, of course. So $50 million uh, will go to purchase the storage equipment like uh, mobile uh, silos, for example. So the idea is really to provide Ukrainian farmers with some more capacity uh, to store their grains because we know that many um, agricultural uh, infrastructures have been destroyed because of the war and uh, they still have uh, grains from last year in silos that they cannot export right now. So they need additional capacity. So this $50 million will serve to buy that type of equipment. And there's also a $2 million for laboratory equipment. Uh, When I met with the Ukrainian agricultural minister in uh, Germany during our recent G7 meeting, he asked me directly uh, for support uh, for them to be able to export food from uh, other routes because the port of Odessa is not accessible right now, so they are looking for other routes. Therefore, they need certificate laboratory equipment to certify their food export. Is this equipment, are these assets already on the ground there? Or, or how, how is this going to happen in such short period of time? No, they are not. So we are looking at uh, grain companies and uh, across the world. <laughs> and we have uh, Canadian companies who are also established in Ukraine that, uh, you know, maybe could provide this equipment. So we are looking at who could be, you know, the best positioned with some resources in Ukraine, maybe uh, professional technicians in Ukraine that could uh, install these uh, mobile silos, for example. So this is the type of thing we are looking for. So we will proceed with, uh, there will be an international call for proposal uh, to to find the best partner to put, put these infrastructure in place. Will this infrastructure be put in place on the ground in Ukraine or will is this yeah. something that will happen, say, on the Polish side of the border? Uh, no, it should be on the uh, on the Ukrainian soil. Is, is there concern at all that those assets, you know, the the last assets were targeted, and a lot of grain storage has been destroyed? Um, is is there a chance that this same storage could be destructed by by ar- artillery uh, once completed, and we're in the exact same position? Well, there's. Always a risk, but uh, we know that, you know, it's not all the regions in Ukraine that are, that are at risk uh, or the same level of risk, maybe, should I say. So this is something that we will look at, obviously, with uh, the Ukrainian authorities, uh, with our partners. And as I said, there are international uh, grain companies uh, who are established in Ukraine and, and they know the environment, they know the risk, and uh, they are looking at different strategies um, to be able and to give capacity to the farmers to export, but also uh, to also contribute to their own food security and to the the global food security, because we know so many countries depend on Ukrainian grain for their supply yeah absolutely big big winter wheat producers sunflower producers uh for sure yeah. it is the the bread basket of of eastern europe um now th- this announcement comes uh came yesterday uh, on monday and then today we heard a further announcement from the canadian government of, of more a, a larger package of funds is this 52 million included in that larger announcement that was made it on tuesday morning 
I believe you are talking about $250 million that yes. are dedicated for food security in, in Ukraine, but also in other countries uh, at risk of uh, food insecurity, uh, not- notably because of this war in Ukraine. So this money will be more directed to international organizations such as the World Food Program, for example. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, clearing late this afternoon, wind southeast 20. The high today, 24 degrees, 60% chance of showers overnight, the low 14. Wednesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers, wind southeast 20 gusting to 40, becoming southwest 20 gusting to 40, then northwest 40 gusting to 60. The high tomorrow, 28 degrees, 60% chance of evening showers tomorrow, the low 9. Thursday, sunny with a high 23, the low 9. Friday, Canada Day, sunny with a high 24, the low 9. Saturday, sunny, the high 25, the low 12. Sunday, sunny, the high 26, the low 14. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 28 degrees. Normal high for this date is 24, the normal low is 10. The sun rose at 4.50 this morning, it sets at 9.14 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is in the southwest corner, Valmarie at 24. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at 14. Estevan 18, Saskatoon 19, Swift Current 20. Weyburn and Yorkton, both 18. Regina, cloudy and 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 5, gusting to 36. Humidity is 44%. The barometric pressure dropping, 102.2. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 19. Winds are from the northeast at 4. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 20. That's 68 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Regina had four hours of rain again last night, reflecting rainfall across parts of the southern grain belt. The crops extension specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, says parts of the southeast had more rain overnight as well. I haven't exactly heard any amounts, Jim, but I do know that it was it, it extended up into the Glen Avon area because we received the rain. And coming into work today, there was quite a few puddles on the roadway all the way from, say... Uh, Odessa all the way through Francis up here to Weyburn. So I think it was a fairly widespread uh, rainstorm last night. How are crops looking right now? Well, surprisingly fairly well. You know, we've got our, our water-soaked areas that are that are struggling. But all in all, what we really need is some heat now to go along with all this moisture. 
the cereals are really taken off. We've got some fields of canola that are in flower. I know down in the Radville area last week, I noticed fields of chickpeas that were starting to flower. And also we have fields of peas out here that are starting to flower. So things are, things are taken off, but we need some heat and, 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 a, and a stop to the rain now for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, there was some wicked weather this past week, last week especially, around Weyburn. There was heavy rain. There was hail in the southeast. Tell me a little bit about the heavy rain. How's Weyburn coping? Well, we did have some rain in uh, in basements. I heard a lot of flooding there. There is some fields north of Weyburn. There's standing water. There's a couple fields that they were a little lower fields to begin with, but they're they actually look like small lakes in the middle of them now. So there's going to be some acreage loss due to this rain here. It's helping in one way, and that is there's grasshoppers starting to show up. And, and the more rain we can get, the, the better that's going to be for keeping them under control. But right now, we could actually have the spigots shut off for a couple of weeks and give us some heat, and things would really, really go. How about hail? How big and uh, what areas were hit? I heard that there was some down in the, in the uh, Windthorst area. I have not heard of a whole lot of damage. I'm sure there was some, but the thing that that we're dealing with down here in the southeast is there's such a level. Uh, there's some crops that are just now coming out of the ground, whereas, like I said, there's some that are already flowering. So hopefully in the areas where that hail hit, you know, things were, were able and advanced enough to be able to take off and able to recover. And that's what I'm hoping happens. I haven't really heard any severe damage at this point. I imagine there's a few fields that probably were hurt and, and they are going to have to make some options. But of course, you want to give a little bit of time, you know, at least a week to see if those growing points come back because oftentimes you feel that you may have a, a total wipeout in a field and in reality, no, those plants have a really good recuperative ability and, and you just got to maybe go fishing for a few days. What about flea beetles? Have they been much of an issue in the southeast? They have been for certain areas and certain fields right now. The canola seems to have gotten ahead of them, but I do know there were some farmers that were out spraying for them. There's also been farmers out spraying for the grasshoppers. So it's totally, once again, area specific. And some guys, you know, their, their seed treatments held really well and other ones, they had some issues with them. So it's once again going to be an area issue and farmers are just going to have to be very, very diligent about getting out and scouting for issues because there are a lot of issues starting to show up now because of all this rain and moisture and humidity. Which crops seem to be doing better than others with this moisture that the Southeast has had? <laughs> that's, that's really kind of a double-edged sword because the peas like the cooler weather, but yet they're not real fans of all the rain and the moisture. The cereals, you know, also like the cooler weather, but the moisture is starting. We're sort of starting to see a lot of cereal leaf diseases springing up. I'm noticing a lot of uh, leaf diseases also starting in brome grass along the road ditches and things. So if guys are getting ready to, to start haying their brome grass fields, they better keep an eye out for them because some of those diseases can have an impact on, on your cattle. So, so take a look, do some scouting, see what you got. And if you're in a doubt, you know, please send samples into our crop protection lab and so you can get an accurate analysis. Uh, the canola, at this point, the stress of all the rain, we've got some bolting and starting to flower. So I, I, I don't know how that's, you know, going to come out in the end. It'll be interesting to see. But, you know, all in all, you drive around, you see some really, really nice looking fields. And I think that at this point, we have a lot of optimism out there. Some Some struggles, of course, just because this rain won't seem to let up but we are coming into july now and 
we all know notoriously that July and August are the hot, drier months for Saskatchewan. So we can hope that we've got enough reserve in the bank here now with these rains that we've had that these plants can really take off and go in these next few weeks here that we've got coming. Cherry Roberts is the Crops Extension Specialist in Weyburn. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Local supporters of Canadian Food Grains Bank projects at Grenfell, Balgoni, and Raymore, as well as two Alberta groups, are being recognized for a collaborative effort with grain company Viterra. According to Gaylene Dempsey with the Food Grains Bank, this is the seventh year of Viterra involvement with support projects at Grenfell, Balgoni, and Raymore, as well as at Stetler and Trochu, Alberta. Traditionally, some food grain bank teams operate grow projects and usually are provided with crop inputs by local ag retailers. Some are farmed by local volunteer teams who incorporate the projects into their own operations. Project proceeds may be multiplied several times through a federal government program. These are land owned by Viterra and around the Viterra grain terminals at those communities. Viterra's CEO Kyle Jaworski says the food projects are an essential service focused on connecting customers to global markets. Between the Saskatchewan and Alberta Viterra-related projects, proceeds from 150 acres are turned over to the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed this morning. Viterra prices for Durham fell 1837 at 551.15. Canola rose $2 at 864.82. Flax fell $55 at 967.67. One red spring wheat gained 139 at 44007. The rest unchanged. Feed barley three forty seven eighty seven. Chickpeas nine ninety nine ninety nine. Lentils eight fourteen fifty. Oats four eleven fifty three. Yellow peas five fourteen ninety six. Feed wheat three seventy eight thirty. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat gained two and three quarter cents at ten forty four and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of June 28th. Our last regular sale was on June 22nd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.04 to $1.14. D3 cows sold from $0.94 cents to $1.03. Counter cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.80. Cents. Hefferettes sold from $1.35 to $1.52, and good butcher bulls sold from $1.35 to $1.45. There weren't enough steers or heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, two forty seven fifty five per CKG. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Reports on 620 CKR. 
RM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The potash industry in Saskatchewan is ramping up production to meet growing demand amid concern about global food security. Saskatchewan is positioning itself to fill market gaps left by sanctions placed on Russia and Belarus. Nutrien will be ramping up potash capability to 18 million tonnes by the year 2025, a jump of more than 5 million tonnes or 40% compared to 2020. K plus S Potash recently announced plans to increase production to 4 million tons per year at the Bethune facility. Mosaic is taking steps to increase annual production by a further 1.5 million tons by the second half of 2023 at the new Esterhazy and Colonze mine. BHP is looking to accelerate construction on its $12 billion Janssen project and several other companies have new potash mine projects at varying stages of development. Saskatchewan is the largest potash producer in the world, accounting for about 30% of total world production. Last year, potash production reached a record 14.2 million tons, worth $7.6 billion. On the markets, the TSX down 7 points to 19,250. The Dow has fallen 218 points to 31,512. Oil has risen 244 at 112.01 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is unchanged at 77.70 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.